You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. All right, let's get our Bibles out this morning and turn to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1 as uh, we continue in our legacy series. The sum of what you do today is your legacy for tomorrow. Uh, What we do through repetition and faithfulness and consistency is um, setting the pattern, it's setting the memorial, it's setting what people will say about us and what they remember about us. Legacy is not just about what we leave when we leave this earth and uh, head off into eternity in heaven uh, as followers of Christ, but rather it's also what we do every day as we leave our homes, as we go to the workplace and leave the workplace, as we change jobs, as we finish school and move on to the next. What are the things that people talk about us? What are the things that they remember? What is our legacy? And uh, so we're in the series. The uh, first thing we talked about about legacy was uh, that we need to have a legacy of the fear of God. When people think about you, when they think about me, they, they shouldn't have a fear of us, but rather they should see us as people who feared God. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 kind of is the banner verse for all of this. The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. And so our sense of fear of God and coming under him in all that we do is a legacy. We want to make sure uh, that we are leaving for other people. And And along with that, we talked about prayer. The legacy that we leave should have a a picture of prayer in it, that we were people who were on our knees before the Lord. We understood we couldn't do it, and we were people who cry out to God. And uh, we talked about Daniel and the story of the the lion's den, and the the reality of the reason that he was thrown in the lion's den is because he wouldn't stop praying. He was about 80 80 plus years old. He was told, you can't pray. For 30 days, you can't pray. He's like, I have to pray. And every three times a day, he went and he prayed. And as a result, he was thrown in the lion's den. And uh, God protected him and watched over him. But he left us a legacy of prayer that we still talk about as we talk about his story. And then last week, we talked about leaving a legacy of the word. And we looked at Deuteronomy chapter 6 and how important it is that people understand the Word of God and how pivotal it is in our lives. It it doesn't, this book doesn't contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. Uh, We're going to take a look in a mini-series this fall at the Word of God. And so what, what is it that we're leaving as our legacy as to how important the Word of God is. Everything in this book points towards the Word, Jesus Christ. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So what kind of a legacy am I leaving? What kind of a legacy are you leaving as to the priority and the preeminence of the Word, the Bible, and the priority and preeminence of Jesus Christ, the Word, in our lives? Well, today we want to talk about faith. We want to talk about faith. Well, why is that important? In Hebrews 11, it says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. So it's not just something that gets tagged on in our lives. It's impossible. You cannot know God. You cannot live for him. And you cannot spend eternity with him without faith. 
And so along with these other pieces, these, this one is another one that we want to make sure that, that we are building into our lives. We are leaving as our legacy. We're going to take a look at it from the foundation of uh, two women. Uh, two women in the New Testament. They're found in 2 Timothy chapter 1. So let's stand together. We want to honor God as we uh, read his word, starting at verse 4. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. And I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother, Lois, and your mother, Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of hands. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for this amazing word that we hold in our hands and um, for the truth that is there. Your word is truth. And so, Father, as we examine it today, I pray, God, that you would teach us and you would help us, Father, give us ears to hear. Hear your word today, Lord, maybe in a fresh way. Minds that we would understand what you're saying, but then, God, passionate hearts to be rebuked, to be corrected, to be repentant, to be encouraged, to be blessed, Father. And as we consider this matter of faith, Father, as we understand the foundation of these two women and their faith and the impact it had on their son, Timothy, Lord, we pray that you would give us a passion to be people like that, that a legacy that's written about them would be written about us. So do your work in your way for your glory. In this place this morning, we ask in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you. You can take your seats. And uh, so just to get a little bit of the context, there's not a lot in the Bible that's said about these two women. If you dive into Acts, you'll find a little bit about them uh, coming from Lystra. You will uh, find out that, um, that Eunice's husband was a Greek. He was a Gentile. Um, and we don't know very much about him at all. As a matter of fact, uh, it's interesting. The uh, commentators think Either he wasn't saved, he'd never put his faith in Christ, and, and that's why he's not mentioned, um, or perhaps he's already passed away, and uh, that's why he's not mentioned, and Eunice and Lois are still alive. I, I tend to think it's the previous. The, the reality was that uh, Timothy grew up in a home where one of his parents knew the Lord and the other one didn't. I'm not going to make a thus saith the Lord case for this because the Bible's not clear about it. Um, but he's not named. And if he's not named because he's not saved, I understand that. But if he's not named because he wasn't a good spiritual leader and he just kind of wallowed in his faith and that would be a shame, and I would never want that to be said about me. I would, I would, I would hate if it ever came that, that when our kids talk about faith in their lives, they, they always talk about their mom. They always talk about their mom. They always talk about their mom. They never talk about their dad. Well, that would be a shame. Um, and you don't want that to be your story, dads or, or moms. I want it to be a both and, that we together 
have been a blessing to our kids, and our legacy of faith is something we've been about together. But the Bible doesn't say much about him. It just was an interesting thing for me to kind of wrestle my way through. And outside of that, we don't know much about these ladies except for this amazing verse. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. Your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now, he says, I'm sure is in you as well. When I was uh, talking about prayer, I mentioned Mary Burgess. Mary Burgess was my grandmother, a woman of faith. And my mom's name was Ruth, a woman of faith. This verse could just as easily say, for I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your, your grandmother, Mary, and in your mother, Ruth, and now I'm sure dwells in you as well. I am so blessed. The heritage I have is so amazing. I am so thankful for it. And if you have that kind of heritage, you need to rejoice and you need to be thankful for it. So often you hear people say, well, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, and it was like, wow, 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 wow. And then you get to a place in your life, and it's like, oh, my goodness, the blessing that all of that was. And if that's your story, you need to rejoice in it, and you need to be thankful in it. And you need to be telling that story. Not that my grandma was perfect, not that my mom was perfect, but they were people who loved the Lord, who passed their faith on. But there are lots of people in the room that that's not your story. You don't have that generations of people who've gone before. You can't say what I just said. But I tell you this, you can be the beginning of that. You can be the first generation of that. You can be the person who is faithful, who is honoring the Lord, who is passing on a legacy and it can be said of you, maybe somebody 50 years from now will stand up and preach a message and they will say your name. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm now sure dwells in you as well. The faith of Timothy's grandma and mom could not get him to heaven, but without it, he may have never met Jesus. Our legacy of faith can never save anyone, but without it, they may never be saved. And so this message about legacy and this message about faith is so important to us, important for us to see. Not much said about Eunice and Lois, but what's said is said about a legacy of faith. So today's message will be a little bit more topical in the sense I want us to have some instruction about what faith is. What is it that they were passing on? Because Paul talks about his sincere faith of Timothy and how he was sure that he had it. And such a great part of this blessing was his grandma and his mom. And so let's talk about faith. Let's talk about the what and the why. Let's start there. What? What is faith? 
Faith is required for everything around us. You demonstrated faith before you even got here today. And I want to talk about two kinds of faith, what I call, first of all, there's a common faith. Common faith is what we use all of the time, every day in our lives. In the dictionary, it says faith is a strong belief or trust in someone or something. It includes trust, belief, confidence, conviction, optimism, and hope. Thousands of times every day you demonstrate faith. Faith in that context is an intellectual sense. I believe it's true, but it's more than just intellectual assent. Faith involves also a doing. It's a, where I have, must place my trust. I transfer my trust. I, it's displayed by an action. You demonstrated faith when you came in and sat down in your seat. You believed that the seat that you're in was designed to hold you up. But you didn't come in and just stand there. You had to, there was an action that was required. And you sat down. That's common faith. You just believed that the seat would hold you up, and so you displayed the faith by sitting down. If you drove down McCowan just before you got to a church, you drove over a bridge. You didn't even think hardly about it because you just believed that that bridge would hold you up. When Sue and I were visiting at the Grand Canyon this year, we drove across a bridge that went across a part of the, the Grand Canyon, and I drove across it no problem. I just believed it would hold me up. But then we got out of the car in the parking lot on the other side and I started to walk back across the bridge and all of a sudden my knees are feeling a little bit nimbly and I'm, I'm just like, whoa, this is a bridge. But we still walked on it. We, we worked our way across it. When you uh, come down the road and you put your foot on the pedal on your car, you believe it's going to stop because you have faith. A little kid with a kite in a park has a, a, stands there and he holds it and uh, and. and, and he understands it can fly, but until he releases it into the wind and lets it fly, see, we move from a mental ascent to trusting. Again, when we were at the Grand Canyon, uh, we didn't have the privilege to uh, go to the uh, Grand Canyon Walk. I got a picture of it. It's a glass-based thing that hangs out over the Grand Canyon thousands of feet above walking on glass. Let me show you what you're never going to see at the Grand Canyon. It's not going to happen. <laughs> it's not happening. I'm not getting out on that thing. Uh, I believe it can hold me up, but I'm not transferring my trust to that thin little piece of glass. The last time uh, Sue and I were uh, down, not the last time, but one of the times we were down at a Jays game, we, we could see up and see people on the edge walk. I got a picture of that as well. A picture of the edge walk at the uh, CN Tower. And uh, like these people are crazy. <laughs> Let me show you what you're never going to see. Okay. You're never going to see that. Because it's not going, take it down, it makes me nervous just seeing me in that position. <laughs> Um, yeah, I get it up here, but I'm not transferring my trust. Um, I was asked if uh, a friend of mine had, uh, his wife bought five tickets for, Paul, would you like to go? I told him, I don't even have to pray about this. I'm not going. Right? Sue would go. She was even, she wouldn't let me go, but she would be willing to go. And uh, she didn't, but uh, See, there's this common faith that we have that, that requires us to understand 
but faith is demonstrated when we actually do something. That's common faith. Well, then there's spiritual faith. Uh, there's spiritual faith. It requires the same two things. It requires an understanding, but then it requires a transfer of the trust. In Hebrews 11, verse 6, it says, Now, faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things that are not seen. And we come to the place of understanding who God is and what he has done. And we haven't seen him. We've seen the evidence of him. And, and uh, we understand what Jesus Christ did. And we can have it all as a mental ascent. But at some time, we have to transfer our trust. Transferring our trust so we actually are demonstrating some faith. A little acrostic I learned a long time ago about faith was forsaking all, I trust him. Uh, you've heard that before. I've said it before. Forsaking all, I trust him. Regardless of what the world says, regardless of what its opinions are, I'm putting my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's spiritual faith. James McDonald said this, faith is believing the word of God and acting upon it, no matter how I feel, knowing that God promises a good result. Faith is believing the word of God and acting upon it, no matter how I feel, knowing that God promises a good result. Uh, we're gonna see about the results at, at the end of this message, because a good result is not fame and fortune and power and pleasure. Uh, we may receive some of those things, but that's not where faith leads us. That's not what faith is truly and really about. So spiritual faith is coming to a place of transferring our trust to God and what he has revealed. And we'll see what that means in just a couple of minutes. Well, why? Well, why is faith important? In Hebrews eleven six, 6, and I've already mentioned this, and without faith, it is impossible. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and he rewards those who seek him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And people are trying to please God in all kinds, or please themselves and please God in all kinds of ways and faith isn't a part of it. That we try and please God by our works. We try and please God through our attitude. We try and please God through so many other things. And the Bible says those things lead nowhere without faith. You cannot please God. You see, you have to understand, faith is not a part of the Christian reality. It's the whole thing. It's the whole thing. Without faith, it's impossible. It's impossible. People put their faith in all kinds of things today. They put their faith in government, that government's gonna make all the difference. If we just got the right government, if we just got the right people in power, you just look at history. Government never is the solution. It's not about government. It's not about religion. Not about this set of beliefs that I have. The world is filled with religion. Without relationship, without true faith, it's not about relationships. I'll be fulfilled. I'll be happy if I just have the right relationships. And people worship relationships all of the time. That person, you, you just focus on them and everything is about them. It's not about relationships. People with faith in their circumstances, they put 
faith in their investments. They put faith in technology. People put faith in, in everything else except God. And the Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. It's impossible. Well, look what uh, Paul says about Timothy back in verse 5, for I reminded of your sincere faith. And then he talks about that faith, and I'm sure dwells in you as well. Paul was convinced that, that uh, Timothy had this faith, and he says, I'm reminded of your sincere faith. That word sincere means without hypocrisy, without hypocrisy. It means uh, no play acting. And so in the actors in those days, they would put a mask on their face, and they would play a role. And, and that's hypocrisy. It's not who you were. You were playing a role. And uh, what a great statement that is about Timothy. Because we know he struggled. We know he wrestled with some things. We know that he always wasn't the most confident one. Paul talks about his fear, and there were so many things. But here's one thing it says about your sincere faith. You weren't a hypocrite. What he was on Monday was what he was on Friday was what he was on Sunday. He had a sincere faith. Is your faith sincere without hypocrisy? Okay, now I'm not saying we're perfect. None of us are perfect. We're growing in our faith. We're being transformed and conformed to the image of Jesus Christ every day. But would people say you have a sincere faith? If the people in your workplace knew you were here this morning, listening to me say what I'm saying, would they be going, what? What? Would there be a hypocrisy in your life that, would, that it wouldn't connect to them that you would actually be here today growing in your faith because what they see in you Monday to Friday is so disconnected from what is being said here today? You're not leaving a legacy of faith. Paul says about a sincere faith, no hypocrisy, no play acting. I want to see it in three ways this morning. Here's the first one. Sincere faith. I put the word done. Salvation. Sincere faith is done in our salvation. Leaving a legacy of our salvation. We understand that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. It comes by faith. For God so loved the world, he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting, have eternal life. John 3, 36, whoever believes in the son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. Galatians 2, 16, yet we know that a person is not justified by the works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, but by, but by the works of the law, no one will be justified. One more set of verses, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, 
who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Do people know about your faith that saved you? For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourself. It's a gift from God. It's not of works so that no one can boast. It's a gift from God. Not because we deserved it or because we earn it or because uh, we're worthy of it. It's not from ourselves. It's from God. For by grace are you saved through faith, not of yourselves. It's a gift from God. Faith is simply given to us by God along with his grace and his mercy according to his holy plan and purpose. And because of that, he gets all of the glory. So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. To pass on a legacy of faith that begins at salvation, that work which is done, we have to have transferred our trust. We have to put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ alone. It's not just believing that Jesus Christ came. It's not just believing that he died on a cross and rose again. I believe that that harness would hold me, but I'm not leaning out in the CN Tower. It's not a mental ascent. It's not a mind game. It's not, oh, yeah, I get that, I get that, I get that, I get that. It's a, it's a transfer of your trust, and my hope is in Jesus Christ alone for my salvation. And if you've never done that, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ you transfer your trust and you will be saved. You mean I don't just have to believe the facts? The devil believes the facts. The devil believes the facts. We have to transfer our trust. That place of understanding, sin separated me from God, mental ascent. The Lord Jesus Christ came and paid the price. He was the only one who could pay the price. Mental ascent but then there's a believing, a transferring of your trust. Not just believing the seat can hold you up, but sitting on the seat. Not just believing Jesus was who he said he was, but he did it for you, and you accept that finished work of, of Jesus Christ. Done. Faith that is done. It's part of our legacy. It's part of the story that needs to be told about us. So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. Here's, here's the question that I have for us and the really practical. Do, do your kids, does your family, do your neighbors, do they know your story? Do they know your story of salvation? See, that's the legacy. The legacy is here's what Jesus Christ did and here's what he did for me and here's how it changed my life and my salvation. Do they know your story? Sincere faith, done, salvation. Paul said, I see it in you as well. And he rejoiced in it. Here's the next thing, sincere faith, being done, being done. 
That's the word that's sanctification. That's a part of us that we're growing up into all of the time, every day. Sanctification is a process that happens by faith. If you don't come to church much, you're going to just stop using words I don't understand. Okay, here. Sanctification means to be set apart. It means to be holy. To be becoming holy. We understand the work of salvation happened the moment I transferred my trust and put my trust in Jesus Christ. But sanctification now is that, is that process of growing up in Christ. You hear me say it all the time. Not yet what I will be. Not even what I should be. But not what I was. I'm not yet what I will be. So much coming for us. I'm not even yet what I should be. But I'm not what I was. Because there's a process that's happening in my life. There's a sanctification that's happening in me every day. It's seen in a willingness to be obedient to God and to his word. It's seen in submission, willing to come under. It's seen in the way that I walk. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. So it's shown in how I walk. It's demonstrated in my works. Works don't save. But people who are saved work for the glory of God. And so what's the legacy that I'm leaving in my sanctification? Some people think, well, I failed, and therefore... My legacy is ruined. Well, maybe, maybe right now it's pretty messed up, but your heart's still beating. There's still another day. There's time to build the bridges. There's time to move forward. There's time to be building a legacy that goes beyond your salvation and continues in your sanctification as you grow up and are strengthened in your walk and it's demonstrated in our works. And Paul, Paul says right in this text, uh, uh, later on, he says in verses 6 and 7, For this reason I rhyme you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. I love that word, the fan into flame. Fan into flame. Every fire requires somebody to tend it, to take care of it. Sometimes a fire's not going very well, and if you're a camper, you're down on your knees and you're blowing into the base of it and you're trying to fan into flame. You need to keep putting wood on the fire. And that's a picture of what is happening in our sanctification. It doesn't save us, but in Jesus Christ, it's what we desire, it's what we want. And then talk about prayers of faith and Firm in your faith, the foundation on which we stand, not wavering in the world that we live in, changing so quickly. Are you firm in your faith? Because of who Jesus is, because of what he's done, I'm not willing to sacrifice my faith. I'm going to grow up in Christ. I'm going to be strong in my, my faith And then demonstrating that your faith is real. You know, Romans 12, 1 and 2 are very popular verses, but they're very convicting verses. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship. Don't be conformed to this world. Be firm in your faith. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. And so is your sincere faith being demonstrated in your salvation done? Do your kids, do the people around you see the confidence you have because salvation is done? Is your legacy being demonstrated in being done, in your sanctification? I'm growing up in Christ, not what I was, not what I will be, not even what I should be, but I'm on this journey and I'm growing up in Christ and people see it. And then one more, sincere faith, it will be done. It's a picture of glorification. We need to be people who talk about hope. We need to talk about hope and talk about what's coming the reason we're even having this series was as a result of Sue's dad passing away and, and us kind of wrestling through what, and uh, we're no longer the, um, we're, we're no longer in the sandwich generation. We're no longer the filling in the sandwich. We're now the crust on the outside, right? That's the, uh, that's the reality. And just for me to think about that and, and I'm not, I'm not morbid about it. I'm not worried that I'm going to die tomorrow. If I do, praise the Lord, I'm going to heaven, but I'm thinking there's a few years left. I want to live for the glory of God. But one of the things that I want to make sure we talk about is it's not just about salvation. That's so foundational. It's not just about sanctification, but it's about what's coming, what we're looking forward to. The great hope of the believer is not that we'll make it through tomorrow, is that we have eternal life. It began the moment I trusted God. I trusted Jesus Christ as my Savior. But it goes on for eternity. And we have a great hope. And we need to be telling that story. The, the reality of, of the legacy of Eunice and Lois wasn't just theirs. Because their legacy came out of the reality of Paul's legacy. And what he had done in his teaching. Uh, look over in the same chapter. Uh, look over at verses 11. The last part of verse 11 down to 14, all of 11, for which I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and teacher, which is why I suffer as I do, but I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and I am convinced that he's able to guard until that day, that day, looking forward to that day, what has been entrusted to me. Follow the pattern of sound words that you have heard from me in faith and love that are in Christ Jesus by the Holy Spirit who dwells within us. Guard the deposit entrusted to you, looking forward to that day. Why is a legacy of our faith important? Because eternity is at stake. Eternity is at stake. It's impossible to please God without faith because eternity is at stake. 1 Peter 1, 8 and 9, though you have not seen him, you love him. And though you do now, not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Salvation, it is done. Sanctification, it is being done. And the salvation of your souls in eternity. Faith is believing the word of God and acting upon it no matter how I feel, knowing that God promises a good result. What eternity, heaven, worshiping him. It's all before us as followers of Jesus Christ.
Well, so what? So what? The faith of Timothy's grandma and mom could not get him into heaven. But without it, he may have never met Jesus. Our legacy of faith can never save anyone, but without it, they may never be, they may never be saved. Later on in 2 Timothy, Paul wrote this in chapter 3, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have firmly believed, knowing from whom you have learned it and how from childhood you have been acquainted with the sacred writings which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So I ask the question again. When my kids see me, do, do they know my story? Well, I'm a preacher, so probably they've heard it a few times. When your kids see you, do they know your story? And you're like, not married, don't have kids, off the hook. Your coworkers your neighbors, your best friend. If we were to interview them today, do they know your story of faith? Do they know your story of how you came to the Lord Jesus Christ? And maybe they've rejected it and told you, I never want to hear it again, but, but they would say, yeah, yeah, that guy, he tried to tell me that thing for sure. Do they know your story? Have you left a legacy of, of faith, salvation, done? And are you leaving a legacy, although you're not a perfect follower of Jesus Christ, you're a follower of Christ who's being conformed to the image of Jesus Christ every day. Are you leaving that legacy? And are you leaving a legacy of hope, the hope of eternal life that we have in Jesus Christ? See, that's what we want to be our story. That's what we want people to see. That's what we desire that they would understand. People used to say something like, you are the only Jesus someone might ever see. You are the only gospel someone might ever hear. You can't save anyone. But is your legacy pointing people to our Savior, Jesus Christ the Lord? Let's pray. Father, uh, this is your word. We've taken it and in a bit of a topical way today, Lord, but we've, we've pulled it apart to see what is this faith. Paul said of Timothy, he had a sincere faith. It, it wasn't hypocritical. Lord, would that be never said of us? Like, that guy's just a big hypocrite. What, what you people see in church on Sunday, that's not what he's like the rest of the week. What you see at her when she serves, that's not what she's like when she's at home. Father, we know that we struggle and we don't do this perfectly, but God, we're called to be people who have faith in our salvation and then demonstrate it in our walk and encourage it in the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Would it be said of us when people look at us, would they say, that, that guy, that girl, her passion's about her Lord, her hope is not in this world. Her hope is in what Jesus Christ has done. And they have a faith that I don't understand, but Lord, is anybody saying that about me? Is anybody saying that about us? They should. And God, if we need to be corrected, 
If we need to repent, then God do that work in us this morning. Not to walk away from this. And Father, if we need to be encouraged and spurred on to love and good deeds, then Lord, spur us on to love and good deeds. Do your work that our legacy would honor Jesus Christ the Lord. We pray it in his name. Amen.